You're listening to Mental Selling, the sales performance podcast, a show from Integrity Solutions. This is a podcast for passionate leaders in sales and customer service who are driven by purpose, not just a paycheck. People who want to create broader and deeper connections with customers and their teams by building trust and mastering the critical mental and emotional sides of sales. You're about to hear a conversation from sales leaders and industry experts about what it takes to translate sales knowledge into sales performance, how to change the sales conversation by putting the focus on building relationships and adding value, removing the blockers that keep salespeople from reaching their potential, creating an inspiring learning environment and coaching culture, and ultimately increasing sales achievement and improving customer loyalty. Ready to rise up to the top of your game? Let's get right into the show. When you think about the personality type of a salesperson, some common attributes probably come to mind. Talkative, outgoing, great networkers, for example. But my guest today would say that it's time to rethink everything you believe about succeeding in sales. I'm Will Mulatto with Integrity Solutions, and welcome again to Mental Selling, the sales performance podcast, your favorite sales podcast. And today, Matthew Pollard is here with me to talk about why current and aspiring salespeople and those that lead them would be mistaken to believe that extroverts make the best salespeople. Matthew is the author of Introvert's Edge, How the Quiet and Shy Can Outsell Anyone. Matthew is also a very well-recognized consultant, speaker, blogger, mentor, coach, and serial entrepreneur with five multi-million dollar business success stories under his belt, all before the age of 30. He's also the founder and CEO of Rapid Growth LLC. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Mental Selling, Matthew. It's just great to have you with us. Well, it's my absolute pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me on. So let's open it up with this fairly broad, but is there a correlation between being an extrovert and sales performance? Yes, I would say so. It's an interesting question, though, because I would say that extroverts, there's a direct correlation between an extrovert and not being at the top of all sales performers. And there's a correlation between extroverts and being in the top of that 90% below that top 10. And I know that sounds like an interesting thing to say, but I mean, this isn't new stuff. Brian Tracy said the top 10% of all sales performers have a planned presentation. Well, who plans? Introverts plan. The trouble is they think they can't sell. So if you can believe that you can sell as an introvert and lean into a system on sales that is built for you as an introvert, not forcing you into bulldog techniques that we as introverts just don't feel congruent with, then you will become one of the top performers. I mean, planned presentation will always outperform one that is winged. Well, extroverts are great at winging things, which is why they are at the top of that bottom 90%. Because what happens for introverts that don't follow a sales system, well, we kind of are terrible at sales, aren't we? Now, I will say there are a few extroverts at the top of their game, but they are also people that have learned sales systems. And regardless of an extrovert's natural tendency to lean into just wanting to win things, they have not done that. They've stayed leveraging a sales system. Because here's the thing, an extrovert gets to leverage their dynamic personality inside a system if they're willing to hold on to it, which is actually directly against their their common psychology where an introvert will hold onto a system for dear life, where they get to leverage their natural ability to empathize, to actively listen. And those are superpowers. There's a ton of introverted superpowers when it comes to sales, 
which is why science says that while introverts struggle with initial relationships, they create deeper relationships than the average extrovert that has lots of shallow relationships, but not many deeper ones. So for an introvert, if we can get over our belief system that we have to have this gift of gab, which is just a false reality. I mean, if we can get beyond that, then introverts actually make up some of the best sellers in the world. By the way, if you think about the most well-known sales trainer and sales speaker on earth, it was probably Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar was an introvert. If you think about people that are really well-known right now, well, Tom Ziglar, his son, Jeb Blunt, Mark Hunter, Lee Sales, the list goes on and on. Go to Global Gurus and look at the top 30 sales performers in the world. You'll find me on there, but you'll also find that a majority of them are introverted. Yet there are some extroverts, but all of them talk about sales systemization because extroverts can't survive in sales without it. And more often than not, they prefer to run without it. And that's to their disadvantage. It echoes a lot of what we talk about as far as sales success, which is it's got to be the, the intersection of skill set, mindset, and process. It's got to be all, the, all three of those things coming together. It's actually system and process that helps with an introvert's mindset as well. So, of course, an introvert has to believe we can sell. But the thing I love about sales systemization, I mean, we can go into my story because I was definitely not the person that should be ever telling people how to sell. I mean, I was an introverted kid with a reading speed of a sixth grader. I was struggling to talk to my own friends, let alone anyone else. It was happenstance that led to me learning how to sell. And I mean, I was the last person that should have ever been successful at it. I just stumbled across sales systemization. But the, the truth is that if we think about sales systemization, it actually takes us out of the process because the problem with introverts, specifically when it comes to sales, is we take rejection so personally where the extroverts water off and duck back. Let's go to the next door. Let's go to the next door. Where if you've got system and process, you get to do what introverts are great at. Look at it like a scientist and say, what piece of this process do I need to improve? It becomes an external process. We're improving a system. And that means that we don't hit those mental barriers as much. Now, what's interesting is introverts have a superpower when it comes to reflection. By the way, reflection is hugely negative for the average introvert because we spend our entire time beating ourselves up in reflection about the things we should have said differently. But when we instead use that reflection to look at what we said and look at our system and process and look for continuous improvement opportunities, that's a shift of mindset that allows us to use our reflection to constantly improve as opposed to go down that negative spiral. And again, that is a superpower. And so I want to get a little deeper into the, the superpowers that you're talking about, because we, we talk a lot on this podcast about the importance of, of salespeople being great listeners, authentic, humble, empathetic. And you talk about all those things as superpowers and, and how they're so critical to gaining trust and, and credibility and building strong relationships. How do these things come into play when we talk about being introverted or extroverted in sales and building on that? Is there self-talk a more introverted person might be telling themselves that gets in the way of them recognizing these attributes that they might have? It's interesting. And I'll, I'll give you an example that, you know, there's this really famous image that I remember and it's, it's this person giving a test and it, the test subjects are a goldfish, an elephant, a monkey, and a giraffe. So the, today's test is we're all going to climb this tree. Well, of course, some of them aren't very good at that and some of them are. And that's the very, very similar to introverts. We both have strengths 
and we both have disadvantages or burdens to bear. Now, the thing that, you know, I speak at a ton of global sales uh, events and sales kickoffs and things like that. And, you know, I always say that the reason I spend so much time empowering introverts is without that empowerment, introverts believe that they can't sell. And we have a lot more negative self-talk than extroverts do. And because of that, we need a lot more support. But it's not extroverted bashing in any way, shape or form. While I believe that introverts make the best salespeople, I believe it's because extroverts to get to become their best, they get in their own way when it comes to sales systemization and they choose not to learn the skills that allow them to do what we as introverts naturally do. I mean, the fact is that, you know, there has been proven studies to show that extroverts can learn how to actively listen, how to empathize more effectively. But it requires coaching, it requires training, and it also requires a willingness and a want to do that, just like sales systemization requires that. Now, I will tell you that the average extrovert, especially in corporate sales, especially in highly technical sales, they tend to not be willing to take a small back step to catapult forward, where an introvert is very, very willing to do that because with, they're, not, they're not succeeding now. So a small period where, which feels agonizing because we all live in this instant gratification society now where we've got to get results today, but a willingness to stay still for an instant to catapult forward, an introvert is more willing to do. Now, when you think about mindset hurdles, well, introverts live in their heads much, much more than an extrovert does. And because of that, yeah, our mindsets are huge issues. You know, it's, it's really interesting, but there's this study that talks about the fact that we tell ourselves 12,000 things a day. Now, if you're telling yourself, if you're cold calling and you're telling yourself that you're just not as good as those extroverts and you're not succeeding, of course, that's going to end up in becoming your reality. Now, you know, and yeah, you're, you're 100% right. The skill sets or the competencies or the personality characteristics that have been tried, tested, and proven to highlight that introverts make the best salespeople because we have those competencies has also been proven in networking. I mean, Ivan Meisner surveyed all of BNI. It's the world's largest networking group. By the way, he found that it, he is also an introvert. So if you think you can't network, you're wrong. And by the way, if you think you can't small talk, I know this is a side topic, but David Letterman and Oprah Winfrey are also introverts. So again, your mindset is in the way. And one of the things I do keynotes on all the time is storytelling. And I talk about the science behind story. And I talk about the fact that when you tell a story, you know, by the way, it's a superpower for introverts because it you know, literally activates the reticular activating system of our brains, which causes our brains to synchronize. It creates artificial rapport, which introverts are amazing at turning into deep rapport. But one of the things I tell people all the time is that if you're telling stories, it short circuits the logical mind and you speak directly to the emotional mind. Literally, the logical part of the brain says, that'll work for me, that won't. You know, I, I haven't got time for this. If it's cold call, they'll hang up. Where the emotional mind hears a story, short circuits the logical mind, goes story time, and it just listens. It assumes all the detail in the story is fact, and it just listens to the moral of the story. And if the moral is, I'm an introvert, I can't sell, I can't do this, I can't do that, well, you're going to believe that even if it's not logically true. You know, it's really interesting. I did a, an event for a billion-dollar technology company, and they had spent over a billion dollars on technology transformation because their business was no longer competitive to another player that took the market by storm. And I interviewed a whole series of people that told me without a shadow of a doubt they were not competitive. 
and I said, have you not, have you spoken to, like, have you spoken to other people in the organization? Like, yeah, yeah, we went everywhere. Nobody's competing. I literally interviewed a group of people on the floor above them. And they're like, oh yeah, we're just killing it because we're now the most competitive. The problem was the people the floor below them had told themselves this story over and over again. They were unwilling to logically realize that it was no longer true. See, we tell ourselves, we tell, not only do we tell ourselves negative things, we tell ourselves these stories of why it's harder for us or why we had this bad upbringing or how we're just naturally quiet or we're different to everyone else. We tell ourselves these stories and we tell them, gosh, we tell them so well that we get in our own way to realizing that these things aren't true. Now, for the average person that's hearing me speak right now, they may be telling themselves something negative right now. They may be saying, wow, this guy's really articulate. He's definitely not an introvert, or he may have been an introvert in the past, but he isn't right now because I can't articulate like The truth is, neither can I without a lot of planning, a lot of preparation, a lot of controlling my own mindset. But you don't see that. What you see is this person that's very, very clearly articulating things in a way that perhaps you wish that you could. But a lot of practice goes into this that makes that possible. Now, the first thing, it starts with belief. So if we're telling ourselves these stories, then we've got to stop doing that. If we're telling ourselves negative things, science says that we have to tell ourselves three positive affirmations to every negative thing that we're telling ourselves. So if you're constantly beating yourself down and you're not really building yourself up, then again, you're getting in your own way. So you have to stop saying, it's different for me. I, you know, one of the things that I found when I moved into sales, the part of the story that I didn't mention was, so for me, I lost my job just before Christmas. And it was, I mean, literally, I was straight out of school. I took a gap year to find myself because school was tough for me. And literally, I, three weeks into that job, I lost it just before Christmas. This is Australia at Christmas time. So it's summer and Christmas at the same time. We all go on holidays on the 20th of December. We don't come back till the 15th or 20th of January. No one's hiring. Because everyone's about to take a month off. The only jobs I could get was commission-only sales. And after 93 rejections on my first day before I made my first sale, I could have gone home and said, oh my gosh, this is horrific and quit. I could have said, let's rely on lady luck and go out tomorrow and hopefully I'll do better. Instead, I did two things. One is I made the decision to take responsibility for where I stood. And the second one is I embraced what if thinking. And I said, what if there was another way? I refused to listen to the fact that as an introvert, it wasn't possible for me or there wasn't a solution. And if I had have done that, well, I wouldn't be the man that I am today. And realistically, and you know, I tell this to people all the time. When I decided that, all of a sudden, I went, well, how could I learn that? And I went, well, I can't read a book because, I mean, with my reading speed, it would have taken me a year to read it, let alone apply it. But what I did discover was YouTube. And this was before podcasts and things like that. But every day, I would go in and I would learn. I typed in sales system the first time to get an idea of what it was. And every day I'd spend eight hours in the field and then I'd spend eight hours at home practicing the next step. Weekends, I'd spend 16 hours practicing. It was horrific. I wouldn't wish that time on anyone. But the speed that I caught up and then that I succeeded, I mean, I went from $93 to my first sale where I made $70 on day one to 75 doors, to 63 doors, to 21 doors, to 18. I got it down to making a sale on average every three doors. And then my boss pulling me aside six weeks in, me thinking I was in trouble because I talked to nobody. And then going, Matt, we just printed out the national sales figures. You're the number one salesperson in the company, right? Six weeks from having no business being in sales 
to being the number one in the company, which happened to be the largest sales and marketing company in the Southern Hemisphere. So when you think about this, I've carried those skills with me for the rest of my life. If we learn sales, we have the ability to make exponential money. Even if we don't carry certifications and degrees, this is the best profession to be in. Two things. It kills me to see introverts not get into the world of sales, especially in highly complex sales, which requires someone with attention to detail. And introverts have that, not get involved because they believe that they can't. And secondly, it kills me to see people believe that sales is something that it just isn't, that they're doing something negative to somebody, which is why they never focus on learning it. Because sales done well should be an aid of a customer, not a thing that hurts somebody. That core belief of what to sales really mean and that, you know, you're doing something for a customer or not to a customer is the essence of it. It's, if that core belief is not there, you can't be successful in the role. And talked a bit about how you were like a lot of salespeople were sort of an accidental salesperson. You sort of fell into it and then grew to be highly successful at it. A lot of people today don't necessarily want to sell, but in their roles, they need to. And that can be tough for people to adapt to and get over, depending on what industry that they're in. Well, let me highlight the contradiction in that statement, though. Most people want to help others, but they don't want to sell. How is that not a contradiction? Because if you run your own business and you, you run your own business because you want to help people in a way that only you can, yet if you don't make sales, you go broke and you never get to help anyone. Businesses also need to make profit or they never get to help anyone. Even if you're, you're a cause business, you need to raise money, right? You know, I've worked with nonprofits that are like, well, we don't want to learn sales. We don't want to be salesy because, you know, that's just not congruent with us. And I'm like, well, hang on a second. If you raise money, you then use that money to help others. How is that not a good thing? Now, there are people that are in loan origination, for instance, that feel like they don't want to be salesy because they, you know, they don't want to push a customer into something. But a lot of times what they're trying to offer that customer is going to make them better off. You know, I've worked with technology professionals that don't feel comfortable learning sales because they don't want to push somebody into a technology transformation. But if they don't make the right decision, that person's going to lose their job or that company's going to be adversely affected or they haven't moved into the cloud yet. And that makes their technology vulnerable. You know, I know I've got an exact story of a customer that literally kept saying no to this technology professional. Because, it, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it comes to, you know, getting close to the holiday season and the server crashes and they couldn't run payroll just before the busiest spending season of the year. How did they help them by not convincing them to move into the cloud? You, you have people in insurance that say, oh, no, I don't want to push them into any decision. Well, no one wants to confront their own mortality. No one wants to do that. But if you don't help them do that and that something happens to them, their kids are going to be adversely affected forever. If you want your customers, your prospects, if you want to have a sales word for it, your prospects to follow you into a place that's going to make them better off. If you have that mindset, I want you to know one thing. If you don't know how to sell, less of them are going to do what's in their best interest. On top of that, they're going to buy something off someone else that doesn't have that hold up. And by the way, their product may not be as good for them as yours. So how are you helping them? So what I really want you to do is come back to sales. The key word sales here is, I think, taken on a bad reflection because everyone thinks the word sales and they go, oh, use car salesperson or that person trying to sell this horrible thing, right? The word sales, the way I'm congruent with it 
is that sales is derived from the Scandinavian term to serve. And I believe that everything I do is in service of the people that I'm speaking to. Now, that comes with a duty of care because I can tell you that the way I teach people how to sell products and services, especially using the science behind story, it gives you an unfair advantage when you're talking to people. So don't sell a product you don't believe in and don't sell to someone that you are benefiting from. Um, you are benefiting them and putting them in a more positive place. Now, most people these days, you can choose to work anywhere. I mean, think about where unemployment's at these days. If you don't believe in your product, don't work there anymore. Go work somewhere else. Work for a company you genuinely believe in. Because for me, I believe, especially when you're networking, you want to talk about your passion and your mission for serving. And it doesn't matter if you're selling something that services the petroleum industry or selling something that services Greenpeace. The truth is that if you're passionate about it and you're on a mission and you believe that your product or service saves people money, reduces carbon emissions, makes people's lives happier, better, or just plain systemizes things that takes the stress off workers, then you're selling something that adds value. Now, if you can't convince somebody to utilize something that allows their life to be forever better, how are you servicing them? You're actually doing a negative thing by not selling them. The thing is that a lot of people, especially it's interesting in technology, you have solution specialists that aren't the salespeople. They come in to give all the technical jargon. They're not serving people if they're giving te the technical jargon. If they learn just how to tell stories successfully, then they find that the customer didn't require as much selling to by the salesperson. And usually if you tell stories as opposed to jargon, guess what? When they buy, they don't get as upset later by all the things that they've forgotten about the jargon that you gave them that they now realize they have to deal with. We're not serving our clients by not learning sales. We're not servicing our clients by not getting them into the place that you know they need to go. We're actually hurting them. So realize that sales is to serve and realize to learn a sales system is actually going to lead to less complaints, higher profit and better customer satisfaction. And how is that a negative thing? That belief that sales is service and services sales is so central. And, and then you, you touched on two of the things that we espouse quite a bit, which is that sales is about making people's lives better and helping them make buying decisions that are in their best interests. And then what you said about belief in product, it's so essential. You have to have that real passion and belief that what you're representing as a product service, whatever it might be, uh, is going to do what it says it can do, right? And is and is going to do that thing of making people's lives lives better. To continue, so do you think companies have an unstated bias when it comes to looking exclusively for more extroverted profiles when they're hiring? How should companies and those applying for sales roles as well think differently about how they they find and fill talent, especially these days with unemployment rate so low? If I was to answer that question with just the word yes, there's not enough exclamation points that I can put at the end of the word yes to say, yes, they absolutely profile people in an incorrect way. I mean, remember I just said Zig Ziglar was an, was an introvert and I'm an introvert. And if I showed up for a sales job and you did a personality profile on me, I probably wouldn't be in a sales role. But the problem, th the problem is that most people project. Firstly, introverts are at fault for this as well. We see someone as successful, we automatically project aversion upon them, right? So we're all doing it. We all have bias. And a lot of people say, well, I need my boss 
to give you more opportunity to speak in meetings. And you're right. I've got a keynote that I do called the introversion, extroversion contradiction. Because there are managers that are like, Will's a really great uh, person on my team. But the problem is Will doesn't bring up really great ideas in meetings. He's always coming to me two days later saying, I thought about that meeting and I actually think we should go in this direction instead. And it's always a much better direction. But we'd already agreed on the direction we were moving forward in, in the meeting. So now I know I've got a lesser idea. But they constantly say, how do I get someone like Will to speak up in the meeting? And I'm like, did you ever think that you could send them an agenda of what we're going to discuss and the questions that you're going to ask? Oh, that requires planning and preparation. Yeah, okay. You're an extroverted manager. Why don't you do some of that to get the best out of your staff? Funnily enough, introverts don't do it either when they're running a meeting. They might plan and prepare for themselves, but they won't send it out in advance. So we need to understand each other more effectively. But on top of that, we also need to understand what introversion is. Because if we don't understand what introversion is, how can you not have a bias against it, right? Because it's interesting. So I spoke at the AAISP Leadership Summit. That's a, that's a tongue twister, but it's the American Association of Inside Sales Professionals. It's probably the largest association in America for people in the inside sales world. And I was their, their featured speaker for the event. And when I did, I got invited back to do their leadership summit. Now, a lot of these people had already heard me talk and they'd heard my personal story. And I just wanted, for the Leadership Summit, these are the best in the business. So I was like, you know what? If there's a systemic problem, let's identify it here and now. So what I did is this. I sent an e a message out to all of the attendees beforehand, asking them if they were introverted or extroverted. Now, these are sales leaders. Clearly, they should know the answer to this, right? If they're profiling people. The answers I got back, yeah, I, don't get me wrong. I got some yeses, I got some noes. But the, the, the hilarious ones were, I was introverted, but don't worry, I'm extroverted now. There's so much wrong with that statement. The first one is, firstly, there's nothing wrong with being introverted. Remember, some of the best in the business are introverted. And this is a real issue that I have because if you start saying, I'm now more extroverted, there are two things that introverts are hearing. One is that the only way I can be successful is behaving more extroverted, which actually is incongruent, feels totally inauthentic to the average introvert. And the key to success for an introvert is not trying to be someone that you're not, but to lean into a system that allows you to leverage your natural competencies and strengths to obtain success. But the second one is it's like, well, introverts can't succeed, right? So I, I just can't, like when an introvert starts to become successful, why do they start calling themselves extroverted? It stops any introvert believing that success is possible for themselves. So firstly, you cannot change your personality type. You may be now, you may really enjoy sales like I do. You may be very good at sales like I, I, I like to think that I am. But the truth is that you still will drain your battery because you're an introvert. It may drain your battery less. Like I love networking, but I still get home and I still have to charge up at home. I may not be as exhausted. I may not be as anxious. I may not be discomfort. I may experience no discomfort getting into the room. But that's because of the strategies and the system, the preparation that I've done. It's got nothing to do with the fact that I've changed personality types, which actually isn't possible. So first thing is there's, you cannot change your personality type and there's nothing wrong with being introverted or extroverted. We all have natural skills gaps and those skills gaps are things that we can all learn, whether it's a mindset hurdle, a systems or a process hurdle that we can learn and rectify. And by the way, there are certain things we'll struggle with more than others. But if you look at sports, if you look at who's the best accountant in the world, a lot of times it's the person who struggled the most at the beginning because they focused on the fundamentals more, which is why they got to be the best in the business. Michael Jordan's a great example of that. But 
you cannot change personality types at all. But here's the thing. Introversion, I think, has become super confusing because, let's just face it, people have been given too many grants and too many grant dollars to make it more confusing than it needs to be. Introversion is just this. If you draw your energy from being by yourself, then you're an introvert. If you draw your energy by being with others, then you're an extrovert. And if you say, well, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm more extroverted. I enjoy being with, you know, a small group. Well, a small group of close friends makes you probably still more likely an introvert. If it's a larger group of close friends, you may enjoy the conversation. Like right now, Will, I'm talking about what I'm passionate about. And, you know, an, an introvert's passionate about something, try and get them to stop talking. But that doesn't mean that they're not tired afterwards. So when you say, do we negatively project, is, is there introversion a negative thing when we're looking at hiring? Absolutely it is. Because HR managers don't know what it is. I mean, everybody went out and did personality tests and then HR held them in a negative way accountable for that. Well, it's like they failed a test. They had no chance of winning. I mean, why would you want to do a personality test? We all have our burdens to bear and it's HR's responsibility to identify our personality type, identify our skills gaps, not our limitations, and then create training for it. You know, I talk about the fact that a lot of times an introverted speaker or an introverted trainer is essential for organizations because the average introvert will believe that they cannot do it unless they hear from another introvert telling them that they can. Same goes when you're talking about active listening for extroverts. When you're teaching, you know, I did a ton of leadership training. And when I talk about leadership, active listening is a big problem for leaders that won't listen. But we don't say, oh, you know, Will's an extrovert. There's no way he can learn to listen. We send him to coaching. HR are supposed to do that function. But also, we should not profile people and say, we can't hire that person for a sales role because they're introverted. We need to say that person's got an amazing attention to detail. They're great active listeners. They're super empathetic. All we've got to do is teach them a sales system. That's simple. The problem is HR doesn't understand what introversion is, and they do not understand that there's a system and process for everything. And our organizations are horrifically disadvantaged by that because it leads to groupthink in sales and it leads to a ton of people that just speak and customers as opposed to listen to them, empathize, have attention to detail. And if you're selling a complex product and your salespeople don't see an advantage of planning and preparing a story that they can use that motivates and inspires action while embeds you as the only logical choice and then has the attention to detail to make sure it's delivered upon, you set yourself up for a much harder sales leadership job. Well, everything in your organization is going to be harder. And like you said, a lot of what it comes down to is, is the central idea that introversion is not something to get over or get past or that there's a negative aspect to it. It's just embracing and, and again, leaning into the inherent strengths with it. So as it relates to training, how does this relate to how training is done for salespeople and what areas of of emphasis or, or adjustments that trainers and, and the learners, you know, in the classroom should be making. And, and you've alluded to this a little bit before, but in your own experience, but how does the importance of practice in the sales process factor in when, when training and development happens? I think a lot of training, well, let's, I mean, if you look at the way a lot of people focus on training, they're all trying to make their top 20% better as opposed to the 80% below, because like, there's no helping them. We'll just get what we can. Which is a tough thing to be communicating, right? To that 80% of like, well, we've sort of given up on you. We're just going to focus on these people. Yeah, it's, it's horrific. You know, some sales kickoffs, I mean, you know, I speak at a lot of sales kickoffs 
And sometimes you have everybody in the organization there, which I love to do because, you know, I've been responsible for five multi-million dollar success stories. So the bulldogs listen to me, but also the other 80% that have kind of given up on their ability to ever succeed. I share stories of other people that were the worst salespeople in the company. You know, I said one recent keynote I did, I talked about a guy that worked in commercial real estate that made one appointment that was in his own words, borderline useless in six months. That's all he'd managed, one appointment. Yet, less than six months later, he was the number one salesperson in that company. He even built out and beat out the principles of the company, right? So introverts need to believe that they can. Now, the thing is that when you're thinking about sales training, you can have, there are the occasional people that can inspire the, the introverts and get the bulldogs to listen. And, you know, that's a powerful trainer and speaker. But if you think about your internal people, I promise you that you have someone in your organization that is introverted that also happens to be successful at sales. They're just scared to tell you that they're introverted because they're worried that that's going to be held against them. If you start educating everybody that introversion and extroversion is not a, not, a, not a disadvantage, but it's actually just skills gaps and they can be marked as in both, but it's a sales system and process that defines someone's ability to succeed, you're going to all of a sudden start to get an open dialogue about who's introverted and who's extroverted. It was really interesting that for me, we had all these people that were like, oh, no, I don't worry, I'm, I'm extroverted now, that all of a sudden were willing to out themselves as introverts, you know, and share passionately that they've had disadvantages in the past, but they've overcome them. That makes them a better trainer. How is it a bad conversation to have in an organization? But if you have a culture that terrifies someone to speaking out about that, how can you benefit from it? Now, all of a sudden, if you get your entire organization speaking openly about their introversion and their extroversion and the struggles that they have and the advantages that they're given, well, all of a sudden you've created two subgroups that you can then start to support. Now, this doesn't just go for introversion and extroversion, by the way. There are tons of personality characteristics that you could do the same for. But if you batch them into a group that's introverted and give them a mentor and a group that's extroverted and give them a mentor, because here's the trouble. When you tell an extrovert that they have to actively listen, all of a sudden the negative self-talk goes, I've never been able to listen. My mum used to try to get me to listen. I wasn't even able to listen to her. So you need an extrovert that they'll listen to that says it is possible, but there's a methodical process. And when you have somebody stay from stage, you can learn to sell as an introvert. You can't possibly get an introvert to believe that coming out of an extrovert's lips because they hear the next thing to say, it's easy, just do this. Well, it's not easy for us. So what you need to do is realize that you need to create an open dialogue within your organization. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, we're talking about a topic that is important, yes, but I mean, we've had people that were seen as disadvantaged because of their gender, their religion, their culture, right? We've only really, and we haven't even really fixed those problems yet. But for organizations that are advanced, why would you not want to tap in to the economic advantages and creativity and innovation advantages of leveraging the strengths of all of your introverted and extroverted personality types in a way that allows them to sidestep their disadvantages and lean into their strengths and then focus on skill sets to become better at their disadvantages to make them all well-rounded. What we want to do is say the introvert-extroverted personality test, for people that have no understanding of this, that haven't learned skills, they'll show up in the natural place. But we want to bring everybody to that and version place because it says, do you enjoy networking? I do. So funnily enough, now that I, that I take tests, I get closer and closer to the Amber version because I've learned systems and processes 
to be better and become more well-rounded. So when you think about training, what you need to do is this. You need to say, we need to lean into the fact that there are differences. We don't want a homogenous group of people in our organization that all speak the same language, all look the same because buyers are different. By the way, there are a lot of introverted buyers that hate being sold to by somebody that speaks at them, that doesn't listen, that doesn't show empathy, and it's just horrific. So you'll find by knowing who your introverted and extroverted sellers are, one of my extroverted, I train a whole sales team, there's a lot of extroverts on them, on, on that group, and they've found one of the most transformational things for their sales success is realizing that some customers are introverted. And because of that, they've toned things down, they've spoken more quietly, they've slowed down the way that they talk, and they've used less industry jargon and they've confirmed multiple times throughout the sale that the person's following them, ask them if they've had any questions. And that has drastically increased their results. So what you need to understand when you're looking at this as an organization, there are two groups just in this equation that you need to inspire to help them believe that it is possible. Now, one of the things, my publisher hates me when I say this. You don't need to buy my book to do this, but what I would highly recommend is somebody that's listening, if you're a sales leader, download the first chapter of my book. There, I will help you believe that you can sell as an introvert. Circle that around your sales team because sometimes they need someone of authority to say, you're an introvert, so was I, and I want you to know you can. And that, whether they buy my book or not, whether they continue down that path or not, sometimes for an introvert to believe that they can, they then start to look for their own methodical system, their own methodical process to excel. And for an extrovert, sometimes doing the same. I, I, I can't recommend a book on active listening, but Daniel Goldman's got a great book on emotional intelligence. You know, Jeff, um, Jeb Blunt has um, a, a great book on emotional intelligence. You, you can find books that will allow you as an extrovert to excel at active listening. We need to start this dialogue, be honest with everybody that there is no advantage or disadvantage. There are just skills gaps and then lean into putting them in front of people they can believe in to help them break those barriers and excel where they feel that they can't. One of the great points that you just made that I hadn't thought of until now is that a lot of introverted salespeople can worry about them in the context of other more extroverted salespeople on their team. But if they focus on the customer, as a, as a good salesperson always is, they're naturally going to be speaking with a lot of more introverted customers which makes them probably very well suited to deal with them and you know, maybe even more so than others. Absolutely. I mean, you think about people that are selling in, people that are selling to finance departments. Well, finance tends to gravitate to a lot of introverts. So yes, they're selling to introverts. A lot of CEOs come from being the CFO to the CEO. Now there's this whole discussion around whether that's the right choice, but the fact is that that's what's happening. So a lot of CEOs tend to be introverted. So yes, a lot of times the decision makers are introverted and therefore being honest about your introversions is super powerful. By the way, if you're an introvert and you go to a networking room and you look around and you see that extrovert that's walking around talking to everyone, you think they're doing well. They're getting bad conversation after bad conversations, shallow relationship after shallow relationship. I go to a networking event. I've already looked through who's attending, whether it's a meetup page or an app that says who's coming in the conference. I've connected with them in advance. So before I go, they know who I am. They, they see me as a familiar face. I've gone shopping for the profiles that I want to speak to. And going to a networking event feels more like a bunch of pre-planned appointments. You know, and one of the things I'll say throughout my conversation, by the way, when you go to an event, half the people in the room probably are going to be introverted, which means they're not going to want to talk to anyone else. They'll see you as a familiar face. Thank gosh, Will's here. I'll go and talk to him. 
So when I did that, I went into the room and I locked eyes with this guy called Tom Deagle. Tom Deagle was an AAIST Lifetime Achievement Award winner. And we, we ended up having a conversation. And, you know, I openly mentioned that I was an introvert. And then so did he. And our bond from that point was rock solid. And, you know, I said to him, because I'm, I was mindful of his time, I'm like, look, you've got a team here. Like, don't, I don't want to keep you. You're like, I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation. And as an introvert, I'm inclined to just, you know, want to stay deep and go deeper into this conversation, but I don't want to stop you from doing what you need to do. And we can pick this up at another time. And he said, no, Matt, I want to stay having this conversation because I'm enjoying the discussion as well. He's going to remember that he said that forever. And we've become huge, fr great friends because of that. So leaning into your introversion is, is, is powerful. Like when you're thinking about all elements of what you do, embracing and openly speaking about it is a, is, is a very important thing. And it shouldn't be seen as a negative because for me, I've found it as a, a, a drastic driver of my success. Sometimes I'll be in an event and I'll say I'm an introvert. There'll be an extrovert there. And then they'll go, oh, poor Matt doesn't know how to introduce himself to people. Let me go and introduce him to a bunch of people. It, there's no disadvantage to leaning into it, only advantages. And when you're selling to an introvert and you say you're an introvert, it's like you become kindred spirits. You're like these brothers and, or sisters in arms that have survived in this, you know, even though, funnily enough, we're seen as the underdog. And yet more introverts, I would say, run senior roles than extroverts by double. And I love the example of the, the networking event, because again, you talked about how one of the superpowers of introverts is how great they are at preparation. And approaching a networking event like that and doing advanced preparation and, and research versus just, I'm going to walk in the room and I'll talk to, you know, anybody and everybody, you end up doing better that way, right? You know, a lot of the things I say to salespeople that run their own businesses all the time, and by the way, if you run your own business, you're definitely in sales, is if you start with sales, you've already lost. And the reason for that is that a lot of times, because you don't differentiate correctly, you haven't structured your packaging and pricing correctly, Next thing you know, you're selling to them because they don't see the difference between you and someone else. And then all of a sudden you're juggling on price. You know, if you look around, you don't see any salespeople, you're the salesperson. And maybe you're like, well, hang on a second. I feel uncomfortable with sales. Well, actually, the reason why you're forced to feel like you're selling is because you haven't learned how to sell correctly. Because the truth is that if you had have planned and prepared what you were going to say, if you had have looked at what the way you started your conversation correctly, if you had have looked at how to tell great stories, you wouldn't feel like you had to do that pushy sales at the end. You know, one of the things I say all the time, and when I look around at people that uh, are selling the wrong way, especially in corporate, I mean, people that don't want to be selling, they call away, even people that do, it's horrible. They, they start up conversations with, Will, I'm, I'm so glad, you know, we can get on a call today. Tell me a little bit about your business. Or tell me a little bit about yourself. Or, and they ask all these questions to the point that the person starts to get a little bit agitated and they're like, well, I, I'm really interested in these features. Tell me about this specific feature. They, they jump the gun because they're like, this person's got no plan, no agenda. I'm going to jump and ask the questions. And that leads to pricing. That leads to a horrible sales conversation. But you did that to yourself. When I get on a call, oh, by the way, when somebody asks me that question, if, well, if you were to ask me, tell me a little bit about your business, my first question would be, well, great question. After reviewing my website, what questions do you have? I'd love to answer one for you. I was just thinking that like you shouldn't be on the call if you haven't done the preparation and already know a lot of those things. You're absolutely right. But I will tell you 99 times out of 100, most people either haven't done their resource, research or have, haven't said that they have, which is the same disadvantage, right? Now, what I say is, well, I'm so glad that we can get on a call today. 
I have to say, I've taken a chance to look over our email exchange, check out your website and your LinkedIn profile. By the way, you know, it seems like you've had a, a pretty interesting career, but what I'm excited about, because a lot of those things are static. Before we get started, what I'd like to do is take a little bit of a step back, hear a little bit more about you, kind of what you're struggling with and really how I can be the most help to you in the time we have together today. And you feel this relief wash over everybody that you say that to because they're like, oh, thank goodness. Finally, somebody that's done their homework. And there's this, say, there's this concept called the halo effect. As soon as you do that, they give you benefit of the doubt for everything else. But when you don't do that, they give you benefit of, well, the opposite of benefit of the doubt for everything else. They're like, well, they probably haven't done any research. They probably don't like this. They're probably new. So it changes everything. And if you want to chart, especially if you're selling consulting, by the way, and you're trying to say, hey, I'm $1,000 an hour or, you know, my time's valuable. Well, you've just proven that you didn't come to the meeting prepared. And by the way, if you think it's faster not to do your research before, you're now going to get a 15-minute dialogue on the origin of the company, how they became the person. I spent a minute and a half looking at the LinkedIn profile on the website, and I know enough about the business to be able to help them. You spent no time, which is why you're going to spend 15 minutes paying for that. So none of it's an advantage, but what happens is because I come into the meeting that way, I then let them speak. They then give me the benefit of the doubt. I get this monologue of exactly what they want help with. I then ask a single question that allows me to highlight another deeper problem that they didn't realize or really put salt on the wound. And then I can lead into a story and I've got them eating out of my hand. The last couple of questions I want to ask you, it sort of gets into the relationship between the salesperson and the sales leader. One is probably a fairly simple answer, but how should an introverted salesperson deal with having a more extroverted manager? Well, you know, it's interesting. I see a lot of sales managers that are extroverted. They're like, how do I teach my team? Because for an introvert that's learned how to sell, they've learned by a methodical process. So now they can learn a methodical process for learning how to manage. And they, you know, they do amazingly well at both. If you're an extroverted manager, you need to realize that sales systemization, learning how to do it will make you a better salesperson and then a better sales manager as a byproduct. Now, if you're an introvert that has a highly extroverted sales manager, then they're going to constantly pull you in. You know, they'll say, oh, it's easy, you just do this, or you need to be making more calls. You know, we've all heard the saying, throw mud up against the wall, see what sticks. Fun saying until you're the mud, right? Or, you know, it's a numbers game. Well, for an introvert, it's actually a planning and preparation person game. So ask yourself the question, am I judged on activity or am I judged on results? And if you're judged on results, which by the way, most people's KPIs or commission checks, they're all judged on results. So think to yourself, and remember, I learned to go from having no business in sales to the number one in the company in six weeks. Now, sure, I dedicated a lot of time to that, but to be better than you are today requires not a lot of effort, surprisingly. So the key that I would say is to stop wishing your manager would change, right? You can't control that. And you can whinge about the fact that HR should get him to do training on how to manage more effectively, or they should put more introverted managers, or they should create more introverted sales trainers. Sure, get your manager to listen to this, this, this specific podcast. Maybe that will help. But why are you not fixing your own situation? Right? You, how many, the question I would ask is how many books on introverted selling have you learned? Have you, have, have you read? How many videos have you watched? Have you applied them? Take responsibility for yourself. And one thing I will tell you is introverts, this is called busy procrastination, but what I find is introverts will say something like, I have read a hundred books on the topic of sales. I'm like, great, how many of you applied? Not a single one. Or they'll say, you know, I've read 
five books on the topic of sales and now I'm confused on how to piece it together. Well, that again is confusing things. You've overcomplicated it. My suggestion is this, whether it's my book or someone else's, remember, while I'm the only person in the world that has a book on introverted selling, which I mean is why it's in 16 languages and sold over 75,000 copies, I'm not the only introverted person teaching sales. The thing that I will say is this, I don't care if it's me or some other introvert. As long as you admit to yourself that A, you're an introvert, and B, a system will save you and allow you to become successful. And then block out all other sales trainers, sales coaches, period. Just focus on learning that one person system. Even if it's a bad system, it will make you profoundly better at sales and remove you emotionally from rejection and make it all about the process. That will change your entire career and your results. Now, of course, once you master their process, and I mean master it, then read another one, two, or three books, and then add on those elements. Remember the saying Henry Ford, you know, you can have any color car you want as long as it's black. Why? Because he wanted to get the base system right. Get your base system right, then you can add on all the bells and whistles you want. Because, by the way, do it one at a time, otherwise you don't know what's blowing up in your face, but add one at a time and you'll see your results go up or down and know what works or doesn't. But until you've got your base system, you should not be distracted. Focus on a single system and learning that methodology and make sure it's someone that you believe in that happens to be introverted. Because if they're not introverted, your self-doubt will get in the way. And the next thing I wanted to talk about, because I, I looked at one of your the speeches online ahead of our discussion, and you talk about how everyone thinks you can sell. Everyone thinks if you can sell, that you can also manage salespeople. Can you elaborate on that and also share your experience and what you had to learn as a new sales manager? The backstory of that was that when my manager called me in after six weeks and said, we're blown away, you're now the number one salesperson in the company. Right after that, he offered me a management position because anyone that can sell can manage. Well, it's not true. I, hadn't, I didn't have a clue on how to manage. And his response was, you know, Matt, you know, we just hire 20 people. You know, we throw mud up against the wall. We see what sticks. I was the mud six weeks ago. Now they want me to teach mud, right? Because they just think that it's just a person basically telling them how they do it and it, and it works. Well, I was a terrible manager. I, I will outwardly say I was a horrific manager because all 20 people quit within like literally 24 hours. But I went back to YouTube and learned a system to manage. And what I realized is, again, introversion is a superpower when it comes to, to leadership. However, again, I didn't know a system, which is why I failed. It's the reason I got promoted seven times is because I leveraged a system. But the thing is that when you're a good salesperson, that doesn't mean you can sell. That's like saying, oh, you're a really good fisherman. Come skiing with me. It's a totally different skill set. And you will, and by the way, I have been skiing and I know what it feels like to flat, fall flat on your face. And it's not something I recommend. And management feels the exact same way. The problem is if you have a extroverted sales leader with no ER, low emotional intelligence, they'll just keep saying, well, how with them? Just follow what I do. And if you quit, it's because you're not strong enough. And if you've got an introvert that doesn't know how to lead, they just blame themselves. And they, you're going to end up losing a really great person because they've been put in a role that you didn't set them up well for. So you have to teach a person to lead just like you have to teach them to sell. And again, we all have our advantages and disadvantages. We talked a lot about how um, people get promoted into sales leadership roles and they're told to go coach, right? Go coach your sales teams, but they're not told what that means. And so they end up reverting back to 
managing against numbers, telling people if you made 25 calls this week, make 35 next week, and thinking that they're coaching their people. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing, and we're getting to the end of this interview and I could do an entire interview on this, but the, the thing that I would tell you is that sales leaders that speak at their customers to bulldoze them into sales do the same in their sales leadership. So what happens is they bulldoze their staff into doing it their way or the highway. And that's not positive because that won't work, especially for the introvert. They're just going to be shell-shocked and they're going to leave. So a lot of times what we have to realize is that if you've got someone that's speaking to lots of people and the short rate's not high, you don't need to say, yeah, but they're just working so hard. Let's praise them and let's work out how we can introduce a new system to get this. No, get her to actively listen. And then on the other end, you can say, well, this person's not doing enough calls. Well, maybe they are spending a little bit too long on the phone. Let's look at how we can systemize that a little bit more effectively, but let's judge based on the full flow. Now, luckily enough, these days we've got computer systems that give us the full da data. Unfortunately, we have computer systems that most managers that bulldoze their staff do not read or still evaluate with confirmation bias. They're looking at the data to confirm what they already believe about a person or to confirm that these people are more like them and therefore require praise and to punish those that aren't successful. Issue of quality versus quantity, right? And that either one in and of itself is not necessarily better or worse. And often it's about sort of meeting in the middle. As we come to an end, is any last bit of advice that you might give to somebody who's struggling to feel confident and, and comfortable in, in sales because they're naturally introverted? Stop trying to follow the extroverts that are showing you how to do things. And I think this is big, especially when it comes to insurance and, you know, industries like that. A lot of people in insurance is like, just see more people, bang on more doors, do this activity, more activity, more activity, more activity. And don't get me wrong. A lot of introverts will say, hear that and go, oh, good. So I don't need to do any activity. No, no. There's a balance that you need to follow. The problem is that if you're following those extroverts that just had that mindset of it's a numbers game, you will fail. On the opposite, if you're one of those people that's an extrovert, you need to follow an introvert, sure. But the, the thing that I will tell you is, A, you need to take responsibility, and B, you need to stop trying to be someone that you're not, but not be uncomfortable with who you are. For instance, I am very outspoken about the fact I'm an introvert. And sure, it may be easy for me because I'm one of the best sales professionals in the world, according to Global Gurus. So maybe it's easier for me. But it wasn't easy when I first said it. You know, when I came out with the introvert's edge, I was terrified about being slammed by other people that went, I mean, I outwardly say introverts make the best salespeople, even though common logic says that's not true, even though common logic is wrong. But I should say common knowledge says it's not true because common logic would say it is. But the thing is that it's created this open dialogue. And the thing that I would say is if you are an introvert, be outwardly spoken as an introvert and be outwardly spoken that you're learning a strategy that will work for you. But please do not lean into that being a negative right? Don't say, I'm an introvert, so therefore it's harder for me. Never say those types of words. Say, I am an introvert, which means I cannot bend myself to learning how to sell like an extrovert. And I don't believe that that's in my best interest or yours as my manager anyway. This is the process I'm going to follow. I'm happy to hand you a book that shows you exactly what I'm going to do. I'm happy to show you a video series that shows you exactly what I'm going to do, but I'm going to put my heart and soul into this. I'm willing to do the work because knowing you're an introvert, knowing you've got to learn a sales system and not doing the work, same thing, right? So if you use it as an excuse, a barrier to entry, 
or a reason why no one in your organization can help you and you're going to do it differently, but you don't follow a process, a system and do the work, then you may as well quit today, right? A lot of people say, I'm going to do this. Very few people actually do this. So what I'm suggesting to you is decide today, I'm an introvert. I'm going to be proud about it. I'm going to be open with everyone about it. I'm going to follow a system. I'm going to learn. Um, I'm going to constantly tell myself positive affirmations. And every day I might look up another strange you know, introvert. I did that for a little while. Bill Murray was my most ridiculous shock. Like, this is a guy that won't follow a script. He's an introvert, right? The guy from the Groundhog Day is an introvert. You'll be blown away at how many people at the top of all the games that we would imagine that the so-called extroverts would own, right? They're not. It's just introverts that have learned systems and process, but do not learn more than one system at a time. Don't learn how to be a great manager and a great salesperson at the same time, and do not learn how to be a master at two sales processes or merge two sales processes because you will fail. One focus, one system, and be absolutely undistractable. Focus on that. No matter what your management manager says, just say, see me in 60 days. Do the work in that 60 days. He will not be upset that you put in that work. That's a great bit of, of last advice is that idea of, just like you said earlier, regardless of what your, your background is, lean into who you are, be proud of who you are, and take advantage of the inherent traits that can make you successful while also recognizing what you can get better at. That's, that's sort of what everything in sales is about. Everyone, thank you so much for, for listening. I want to thank you, Matthew Pollard, again, for joining us today on Mental Selling. Uh, once again, his book is called The Introvert's Edge. How the Quiet and Shy Can Outsell Anyone. Matt, thank you so much again for your time and perspectives today. It was my pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me on. You'll learn much more about Matthew and you can read his blog on his website, matthewpollard.com. Also find him on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and just about everywhere else. Thank you to everyone for listening from wherever you are. Please leave us a rating or a comment so we can use your feedback. Tell a colleague or friend about the show. You'll find more related content like this integritysolutions.com and thank you again everyone thank you again Matt and uh, have a great week you've been listening to Mental Selling an Integrity Solutions podcast stay in touch with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player and following us on LinkedIn and Twitter please give us a rating leave a comment and share episodes you love that helps us keep empowering sales and service leaders to master the mental side of selling Until next time, let's go out and create amazing customer experiences.